Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, you probably noticed that the people of God in today's Exodus text think that they have arrived at a dead end. God had delivered them from brutal slavery in Egypt, but now they come to a place called Rephidim, and things don't look good. The problem? No water to drink. Now what? Well, despite experiencing God's great deliverance, Israel jumps to the conclusion that God has placed them between a rock and a hard place. You know the saying, don't you? Between a rock and a hard place means that you have two equally unappealing choices. And the people seem to suggest that there's two choices, two scenarios. One, go back to where you came from. Is that really an option at this point? Israel found themselves oppressed and repressed in Egypt. They had no freedom, no freedom to pursue God's ways, no freedom to worship God in spirit and in truth, no freedom to receive His gifts, brutality, oppression, repression. And how are they going to get back across the Red Sea anyway? Two, continue the journey and die of thirst. We all know that God's people can be overly dramatic in moments of supposed crisis. Outward circumstance can cause us to worry and fret, but you don't have to push the panic button. But Israel resorts to drama. They're ready to stone Moses. They address Moses, and by extension, they address God with drama. Why did you bring us out of Egypt just to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Are you among us or not? That's what they ask Moses. Is God among us or not? Dramatic. Uh, what do you think, which way are the people leaning, by the way, to that question? Is God among us or not? I'd say not. But what seems to be a problem for Israel is not a problem for God. No water, no problem, right? No water, no problem for God. Where Israel saw only a dead end, a place with no water, God brings about a miraculous turn of events. God commands His servant Moses to strike a rock, and out of that rock, God provides water. The people of God were never between a rock and a hard place. God placed a rock between his people and a hard place. A rock that gave life according to God's word and promise. According to God's good and gracious pleasure. According to God's abundant and steadfast mercy and his loving kindness for his people. You would think that with something like the exodus behind them, Israel would have learned that they can trust God. But amid seemingly difficult circumstances, Israel forgot about God's love. They forgot about His providence. They forgot about His power. And Israel could not see in difficult circumstances that God was with them. They could only see a lack of water. 
And they used it as an opportunity to whine, grouse, complain, doubt, accuse. A favorite pastime of the old Adam. A favorite pastime of our old Adam as well. Let's skip to the gospel lesson here. The woman at the well in today's gospel also seems to be between a rock and a hard place. Because of her history, right? Five former husbands and a living with a man who is not her husband currently. She seemingly has two choices if she wants to go to Jacob's well to draw water. One, go to Jacob's well at a normal hour when the well would draw others. And she, in turn, would then draw their judgment and their jeers and their shaming. And this option would mean psychological, emotional trauma. Or two, she could come out to the well in the heat of the day, which she was doing here. Right? Sixth hour. So day starts at, right? So it's, it's the heat of the day. It's not six o'clock. No crowds, but physical discomfort. And this is the option that she chooses, and this is where she meets Jesus. And when Jesus asks her for a drink, she seems surprised, and she should be. Social convention would label it scandalous because Jesus, a man, speaks with a woman. And Jesus, a Jew, is speaking to a Samaritan. Scandal! Then Jesus says something that is truly scandalous, and it piques her interest. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. But like Israel at Rephidim, the Samaritan woman sees only a dead end in front of her. Jesus doesn't have anything to draw water. No bucket. Nothing. Jesus doesn't seem to be able to help her at all with her immediate need, drawing water from that well. So the woman doesn't really see God with her in that moment at all. And Jesus changes that. He begins to change it by saying something to her. Everyone who drinks of this water, that is the water in the well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman says to him, Sir, give me this water. But then she says something interesting. So that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Right? Because it's either psychologically and emotionally painful or it's physically uh, a toil. Now Jesus knows the woman's going to physically get thirsty again. Jesus knows she's going to have to come back to Jacob's well to draw water. But to tell her that at this point might lead her to conclude once and for all that Jesus can't really help her, that God is not really with her. So Christ instead reveals something, and that is that he knows about her. He knows intimate details of her life that he shouldn't. He knows that she had five former husbands and now living with a man who is not her husband. Jesus knows this secret and tells it to her, and that gets her attention. Jesus knows. 
Of course, he knows the obvious. He knows she's a woman. He knows she's a Samaritan. But he also knows that she's a sinful woman. That she's a sinful Samaritan. And at this point, I'm sure she expected maybe for Jesus to denounce her and detest her. Instead, as their interaction unfolds, Jesus reveals to her something scandalous. Again, like we said, not only is a man, not only is he a man, scandal. Not only is a Jew, another scandal. He is the promised Messiah, the Christ. And the promised Messiah does something unexpected. He invites her to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Jesus, the rock of salvation, places himself between the woman and a hard place. He is the Savior of the world. He is God with us. And He has called her. He has called her out of her isolation. He has called her out of her shame. He has called her out of her sin and He has called her out of her unbelief. Through His Word, He has burst open the floodgates of faith. A spring of water in her welling up to eternal life. He has given her the indwelling of the Holy Spirit by His Word so that she has joy. So that she even tells others. We didn't hear about that in today's Gospel lesson, but as we go on, she returns to town telling people that she has just met someone who told her everything that she'd ever did. He is not only a man, she says. He is not only a Jew, she says. He is the Christ, the Savior of the world. You see what's happening? The water that Jesus has given her to drink is already a water, a well of life for the woman that spills into the lives of those around her. How things have changed. Yes, the woman will have to go back to Jacob's well to draw water. But I'm betting, guys, that she's not going to be heading there in the heat of the day anymore. Jesus changes the identity, the woman's identity of an outcast, hoping to draw water in peace to a person whom the Son of God has given peace by His Word, a spring of water that has welled up to eternal life. Like the woman at the well, we carry shame as well. We might feel anxious, depressed, tired, isolated. We might not want to let anyone else in out of fear of being rejected. Take courage. Jesus, the rock of your salvation, has placed himself between you and a hard place. He is the Savior of the world, God with us, and he has called you. He has called you out of your isolation. He has called you out of your shame. He has called you out of your sin. He has called you out of your unbelief. Through His Word, He has opened up the floodgates of faith, the spring of water welling up to eternal life. He has given you the indwelling of the Holy Spirit by His Word so that you have joy. So much so that you even tell others. The water Jesus has given you is a well that spills into the lives of those around you. Jesus knows everything about you. He knows everything 
you ever did. And he brings you into God's kingdom through water and the world word, and that wells up into eternal life. He invites you and empowers you to worship God in spirit and in truth and receive God's undeserved blessings. You see, Israel at Rephidim, the Samaritan woman at the well, and you, the baptized who are gathered here, all those who worship the true God in spirit and truth have one thing in common. St. Paul writes in his first letter to the church in Corinth, For I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Right? He's talking about uh, the people of Israel and their exodus. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock, the rock was Christ. God has placed you. God has not placed you. Boy, I'm glad I saw that. Not placed you between a rock and a hard place. God has placed a rock between you and a hard place. God placed a Savior. The rock of your salvation between you and sin, death, and hell. The Father sent His Son, His servant, to be stricken, smitten, and afflicted, to suffer death and hell in your place. Jesus, the rock of ages, was cleft for you. The water and the blood from His riven side which flowed is of sin, the double cure. It's cleansed you from sin's guilt and power. Yes, that's from rock of ages cleft for me. And the well of forgiveness and cleansing, and life that flows from Him will never run dry. When we face cold mornings, right, stormy weather, busy weeks, daylight savings time, we can be like the woman at the well who did not want to come to draw water. We can be like God's people at Rephidim. Grumbling, there's no water to be found. But Israel at Rephidim learned. The woman at the well learned. We can learn too. Coming here is no dead end. Because Christ is here. He draws you to draw water from the well of salvation in word and sacrament. Welling up into you eternal life. Drink freely. Amen. And may the peace that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.